fantasy in the house, y'all. Let me tell you how we do things around here. Here, I'll get to the top. Older in the fantasy, you say what's wise. Fantasy tactics, tips at me high. Listen to us, you'll be winning a lot. Not losing, just cruising. So kick off the balls and let's get choosing. The ultimate fantasy podcast. And it's live. Hello listeners, welcome to episode two of four of our season previews, the Club by Club Guides uh, here at the Ultimate Fantasy Podcast. I'm joined by the wonderfully bearded Nathan Taylor. Hello Nathan. Hey. And alongside us, via the telephones, via the internet, calling from a land far away they call up north, it is the secret journalist, Phil. Hi Phil. Hello. Are you really? I'm so keeping your identity secret, aren't I? Yeah. Uh, let's not uh, waste any more time, though. Uh, let's tell you how the show's going to work today. Uh, part one, uh, we'll be talking the talking through the merits of Everton and Leicester. And then in part two, Lindsay Hooper from the Offside Rule podcast will be calling in to talk to us about Chelsea and Liverpool. And then in part three, it's the team you've all been waiting for. Yeah, that's right, it's Crystal Palace. But let's start with Merseyside's finest. That's right. It's Everton. Dun, dun, dun. Phil. Uh, Marco Silva. Is he still an unknown quantity or has he proven he could coach to a good standard yet? Um, I'm, not, I'm not sure he's an unknown quantity. I think I, I think he has proven himself to be to be a decent coach. I mean, he, Everton had a little wobble, didn't they, last season? But then Everton are a difficult club to manage because not only are the expectation levels there ludicrous, for what they should be, to the realism of, of, of where they actually are. Um, they've, they've obviously spent an awful lot of money thinking that that should automatically lift them up a notch. And I don't think it's as simple as that. You know, all the, even clubs that have got have had a ludicrous amount of money pumped into them, like City didn't just suddenly turn into an absolute world beater overnight. It took time for them to become that league champions and playing in the Champions League and stuff like that. Um, I, I rate Silva. I think he's a good manager and I think they'll be better this year than they were last year. But can they only go backwards? No, I don't, I don't think so. I think they can go for I think they've made some, they've made some smart signings, um, which should make them better. Uh, there's, still a, there's still a striker short. There's still definitely goals short, but you know that's something that, if you believe the transfer talk, is something they're going to solve. But there is obviously talk uh, in terms of centre forward that Moise Keane will be heading there. Yeah, and 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 if that's the case, then that you know all the signs point that to be a good signing. Um, he's you know really actual fact it's it's a surprising signing because he was really highly rated in in large parts of Europe and I'm pretty sure that if you would have picked a club that he would have left Juventus to go to Everton wouldn't have been the first place that you would have picked um, but that that's a good capture for them it's a really good signing he, he's he's young he could only get better in theory uh, and he may well provide those goals that that, that Everton are, are kind of lacking at the moment or in theory looking at their side are kind of lacking. Yeah, and uh, of course his name's Moisey, so it's perfect for Everton. <laughs> uh, they've obviously signed uh, Delph for the uh, midfield, which is interesting enough for fantasy managers. He's listed as a defender. Yeah, yeah. This year, that could be a good thing, perhaps. I, I think that's one that you potentially capitalise on because, again, going back to you know smart signings, that that's a smart signing for me. Like, I know that his his stock somewhat has fallen in recent years because he's. Um, been a, something of a bit part player at Man City and he's filled in largely in, hence why he's a defender listed on here he's filled in in positions that aren't 
necessarily the kind of natural place that he would play on the football field. Uh, and I think he also got a little bit of stick for for not necessarily like performing really well for England, which is a bit harsh on him. I think um, he's always done well myself, actually. Yeah, I mean, he's he's, he's not he's not a, a a player that's going to score you bucket loads of points. He's not going to get suddenly turn into a goal scoring midfielder or anything like that or get assists. But I mean, it's a smart signing for Everton. And if they play well and do well, then he is going to be a defender listed on the the fantasy Premier League site, who's potentially going to be playing a bit further forward. And, and arguably, that means he's going to interact in areas that might get you more points. So yeah, I think it's a bit, it's a little bit of a no brainer getting Delphin. Mm. Uh, so Nathan, some stats. Yeah. How, what, 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 how many clean sheets did they keep last season? Fourteen clean sheets, fourth best in the league. Which, considering they were getting a lot of stick for having an unorganised defence for the yeah. whole season. It's Big surprise. Which means Pickford would be pretty good pickup. Then. Third best keeper in the league last season. Um, Lucas Dean also ranked highly on all formats. Um, outscored the legendary defender that is Matt Doherty as well. Um, they have lost Idrissa Gay. Though. Sorry, Nathan, just interrupt. Just so I just want to highlight the fact. Outscored Matt Doherty, Phil. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Luca Dean. Can, can, can I just, can I just, <laughs> yeah. How, how are we pronouncing uh, Luca Luca's surname this season? Luca Dean. That's the official <laughs> Ultimate Fantasy Podcast line. Yeah, Luca you, you got Dean. You you got quite militant about this. Like, <laughs> I, I just want to check because I don't want to make you angry. I'm just trying to make the world a better place. All right. No, you yeah. can say it. You can say it wrong if you want. I'm just I'm just trying to see. There's no lift on the e at the end. It's not yeah. like Dean. Yeah. No, it's Dean. Just Din. to be clear, it's Lucas Digney. <laughs> sorry nathan interrupts um nathan they've lost addressa gay yeah bad for um the likes of you who seem to pick their team around battling midfielders for conte points um, it's a massive massive loss he was better at conte points than conte yeah never mind um what happened on fan tracks of everton michael Keane totaled 368 last season outscoring alonso of chelsea who only um well 352 oh, that's a surprise isn't it and set pieces? Dodgy from set pieces. Are they? Oh, yeah, they are, aren't they? Right, league positioning, guys. They finish eighth, don't they, every year? Eight. I'll go with eight. I'm going for a slight improvement of seventh, um, so long as really they bring in a striker. Actually, I'm going to change mine because I think Man United finish eighth, but I'll go with seventh. Yeah, I'll go seventh. That feels about right, doesn't it? Okay, let's move on to Leicester now. Leicester. Oh, we like Leicester, don't we, Phil? We like Leicester. Big things expected of Leicester this season. But the biggest question that all fantasy managers are facing is Tillemans or Madison? Mm. Um, Tillemans. Really? Is that an instinctive thing or have you actually... (laughs) Yeah, it is is a bit instinctive. But... um... But I, I, and and it's, it's this is no slight on Madison because I think Madison's a perfectly, perfectly good player to, to bring at your side and and will probably do really well uh, again this season. I I just I think Tillemans is is class. I think he's a really really good footballer, um, and he should. I see. I was I was reluctant initially when he first signed to Leicester because I didn't know whether again he might be that man before the assist player, mm. but. He he was you know really proactive in the sort of last third of the pitch last season, um, and I, and I think now that he's there and he's settled in, I mean, unless he's going to be one of these players who signs on loan, does brilliant, and then turns turns rubbish, which happens quite a lot. Or it certainly happens for to Leeds quite a lot. <laughs> yeah. um, 
that I I suspect that he's gonna he's gonna do well again this year. Plus, also, I mean, you in if you're doing a fantasy Premier League site, he's half a million cheaper as well. So you're paying you're paying that that standard English premium for Madison. Yeah, man, that is that is true. So true. Right. Okay. Uh, let's move on to strikers now. Jamie Vardy, 18 goals and 34 appearances last season, and apparently. A bit of a bad season. Uh, his nine goals and ten appearances under Rodgers were more than any other player in the FPL. He averaged 7.6 points per match, which was a marked improvement on the nine goals and 4.1 points per match in his first 24 matches. Are we going to see Jamie Vardy bang into action yeah. from the off? Is this going to be Jamie Vardy all over your face, Jamie Vardy style? Yeah, I, I think I think Vardy's a, a, a kind of a good player to get your side, for sure. Um the, the the kind of weird way that particularly when you look at the listings of how these the, the kind of fantasy football on the Premier League side and draft fantasy both list their players, it means that decent strikers are actually a rarity because like some of the players like your Salas and your Manes are all in midfield. Uh, it means that you know kind of you you're looking at the same old people really in terms of picking strikers. Um, and Vardy for the price that you're getting for. Is is one of those players that I think you you definitely want to be picking up. I mean, he is listed on this. I mean, he's nine million, and he scored 174 points last year, which is only 27 fewer than Aguero, and he's listed at 12 million. So it depends, like how much of those 27 points difference between the two of them worth to you? Because it's three million quid you're talking about between the two, and that's a that's a lot of money for only 27 points difference. Vardy just makes total sense to me. Mm. Makes sense to me too. Right, Ben Chilwell, uh, Leicester City left back, uh, obviously grown into a fantastic player. Uh, only 118 points return on the FPL last season. Uh, sh- but surely this season we're going to see a bigger points return from Ben. Yeah, I mean, he'll, he'll start for him and, and he'll, he'll be a regular in their side. And you've got to imagine that now with a full pre-season of Rodgers and starting the season on the evidence of how they finished the last one, they're going to be a decent side this year. Uh, they made some good signings. You know, they brought not just um, not just bringing in uh, like Telemans, but they brought Perez as well, who's a who's a good pickup. Uh, so you've got to imagine there'll be a better side, and therefore that lifts Chilwell to the potential level where they're going to keep clean sheets, and he's going to he's going to get involved in the attacking side of the pitch as well. The the only reservation you get five point five million, and it doesn't sound like a lot when you compare it to other pairs of pitch, but for a defender five and a half million is what is that that kind of level on mm. on the fantasy Premier League where you start looking and thinking, nah, can I get better value? For a five million defender somewhere, or another five and a half million player. The other ones at five and a half million that are interesting. You've got like Joe Gomez on there. He's five and a half, and you guarantee that if he stays fit and plays regularly for Liverpool, which he should do, you're going to get clean sheets out of him. And then equally so, you've got Wan Bissaka at five and a half million at Man United. And if you back him to kick on again, then you're weighing up that. Does does Chilwell represent better value at that money, or do other players? Mm. And Harvey Barnes definitely isn't worth mentioning, is he? Yeah, I I think I could. We can spend the next half an hour talking about Harvey Barnes if you. Poor want. man's David Nugent, mate. He is. No, I, I, he's. I like Harvey Barnes again. He's he's another one of those. I think I mentioned him earlier. He's another one of those midfielders that's listed at six million, isn't he? Uh, who is kind of you look at him, you think, oh, he's got the he's got that potential. He he has shots. He always always having shots, and he's always like putting chat like creating chances. It's just you're just thinking if it clicks. He'll be an absolute good. That's, that's just such a brilliant sign at six million. But then equally so, he could have another year like last year where nothing seems to quite go right for him. Because mm, he's not very good, is he? <laughs> uh, Damari, uh, well, Damari Gray's another one that category is. Yeah, yeah. D- Damari Gray is, is he needs a big year now because mm. he's gone beyond that point where he's. 
the kind of new kid on the block, young and up and coming. He's got you know he's got pace to burn, and he's a he is a skillful you know a good footballer. But he, he needs to have that big year this year. And and I'm not I've not seen like the real compelling evidence to suggest that he is going to suddenly make that step into you know a different a different level. Uh, yeah, well, I hope he does because I love a bit of Demario Gray. Uh, great into last season, Leicester under Rodgers, they picked up more points in Spurs and Arsenal and United. I think uh, ten clean sheets. That's a joint eighth best alongside Bournemouth and Cardiff. What other players they got? Nath, uh, Ricardo Pereira, right back. Thirty-five games last season, eight assists. Um, scored highly on fan tracks as well with 426. So just for context, um, Virgil van Dijk was 480. Another one who outscores um, legendary Matt Doherty. Another well. one who outscores Doherty. Fantastic. Who else? Uh, they picked up Yosi Perez, who last season outscored Madison um, on Fantasy Premier League, just mm. about as well. Could be an interesting player for them. And what about set pieces? Set pieces, looking at Madison's uh, generally on set pieces, although Tielemans was picking up um, some free kick duties last season. Fantastico. All right, uh, let's do league positions then. I mean, they're not going to win the league, are they? Are they? Phil, where are Leicester going to come? Uh, genuinely, I want I want to say that Leicester are going to do better, but I look at the teams that finished above them last season and I can only think that the teams that finished above them last season are going to finish above them again. Mm. So I'm going to say like ninth. And I say that like with a heavy heart because I don't really want them to finish that because I think they've, they've got good young players and I like them. But yeah, ninth. Mm, I tend to agree with you, actually. I think they have a great start. Things will look rosy and then they'll fall away somehow. Nathan? Bold prediction, sixth. He's gone for it, Phil. Yeah. What an idiot. <laughs> I, can't, I think they've got good a good group of young players coming through good established players in there and as we'll probably get on to later in these previews I think United well, are going to no, absolutely see, see, I, bomb this season I, I agree with that like, genuinely I, yeah. I totally agree with all of the sentiment there I just don't have the, the same brave. I'm not as brave so <laughs> oh mate I, I know, you're I meant can, to be I a brave genuinely, Yorkshireman lad no, I, genuinely I, I could see that scenario happening because I think Leicester can finish I, I don't think they'll finish any lower than 10th I don't think they'll be in bottom half of the table but like, genuinely they, they could they could finish anywhere from 4th to 10th I think mm. Tough one, tough one. Okay, so that's the end of part one. In part two, Lindsay Hooper will be joining us to discuss the uh, credentials of Fat Frank Lampard's Chelsea and the mighty Liverpool. So don't go anywhere. Welcome to part two. Uh, you're still here. We're still here. It's all fantastic. In fact, there's another voice I can bring to the mix. I can welcome back the Offside Rules very own Lindsay Hooper. Lindsay, hello. Great to hear from you again. Yeah, um, you got me back again. I know. It's, <laughs> it's crazy times here, isn't it? Crazy times at Pod Towers. Um, so, Lindsay, Chelsea. Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Now, there's... Uh, for the neutrals like me, quite the uh, exciting transfer ban. Uh, is this a case of youth or bust for uh, Fat Frank, as he used to be known? I don't know about that, actually. I mean, clearly there has to be an emphasis on youth because of bringing certain players through when you've lost players like Eden Hazard as well, which is, you know, the player um, at Chelsea over the last five, six years who everyone's uh, been talking about this massive gap that he would leave behind. Well, it's been left, so it needs filling. Um, and he is going to have to look to youth for that. 
I think Callum Hudson-Odoi not going to Germany and staying put and probably now looking like he's going to get a lot more minutes than he ever was before. Um, he must be rubbing his hands together, but it is his time now to shine. It's a lot of pressure, really, because I think he has to do. Um, and that's what, you know, Frank Lampard is going to have to encourage and try and keep the wolves off his back, because I'm sure all the press are going to want to ask about Callum Hudson-Odoi in depth over the, the first few weeks of the season. But I think he, he can do it. I think that he is a talented, very talented player, but also plays in a way that is going to release other players within the team. So that comes on to my next point, which is, mm-hmm. I don't think it's all about youth. I think that the older members of the squad and the more experienced members of the squad are now going to be who Frank Lampard leans on the most. You're going to see N'Golo Kante, I think, in the role that he's meant to play. Yes. <laughs> well, for all of your draft players, they're, they're going to be rubbing their hands together because I think Conte is going to be doing that week in, week out. And as long as he stays injury-free, he is going to be a linchpin in this Chelsea side. We know how much he can just disrupt play, disrupt opposition, but he's great at picking out, picking out those passes as well, freeing up the windows. And I, and I think that is going to be key here, along with someone like, and I don't know whether you saw the goal he scored recently, which is quite audacious, which is Pedro. And I think Pedro mm. is going to have to score more goals. And I think he will be an important player at Chelsea now. Um, and I think he's been waiting for a bit more freedom. So I I think, uh, although the youth is important at Chelsea, I also think that your main staples within the side, some very talented players, you know, Azpilicuetas and David Louise's, they, they are just as important as well. To Phil, um, what's the striker option going on with Chelsea? They've got, a f- they had none, but now they've got a few, right? Um, well, well, yeah, I mean, they, they've got essentially the same three that they've had for quite a while. It's just <laughs> that two of them weren't, at, like most of Chelsea's squad, two of them weren't at the club for, for the last few seasons. Um Interestingly, I think I think the, the probably the top line to say about Chelsea strikers is that if you look at the fantasy Premier League site, what, all of Giroud, Batshuayi, and Abraham are all listed at seven million quid, which suggests to me that even the fantasy Premier League don't have a clue who's actually going to start for Chelsea <laughs> up front. Um, now Giroud's the experience, so you know you know what you're going to get from Giroud. Batshuayi is is kind of been there or thereabouts and has shown glimpses of potentially being something, um, but without ever quite making that next step. You know, he was he was uh, all right at Palace last season during that loan spell. Abraham scored goals, but in the Championship, um, it's it, it's going to be really interesting to see what Lampard wants to do. And the the image that I get from him, and the, and part of the reason why they've gone for Lampard is that they're now partly enforced because of the transfer ban. They want to look at some of the young players that they have had there and maybe want to bring some of them through, which might suggest Abraham might get a look in. Um, he started their last pre-season friendly, or the last one they played, when they beat um, Red Bull Salzburg, I think it was, and beat 5-3, and he started that game. Uh, whether that's an indication of anything, I don't know. But he did pick a relatively strong side for that game. Well, I've got a sense that um, Lampard will play it safe and go with Giroud. He obviously scored only two goals last season, 27 appearances, 20 days of mm. sub. But he was a top goal scorer, wasn't he, in the uh, UEFA Cup, Europa League, as it was. Yeah. Um, so, Nathan, can I have some more player stats, please? Yeah, last season, third best team in terms of clean sheets with 16 
style of play may change this season without uh, Maurizio Sarri being quite possession-based. They've lost Aiden Hazard, who, according to our friends, the fantasy football chaps, scored a mem of 645 points in fans' track last season. Their next big earner being Aspilicueta with 357. And then they've got Kepa, who's predictably one of the better keepers, although he did score fewer points than Fabianski in FPL last season, just about. Ooh, okay. Lindsay, uh, Chelsea, are they going to finish in the top four this season? I don't think they will. I think this is a setting in season. Um, But I do think that they will finish in the top six. Um, I think they're going to finish round about the fifth or sixth mark in the table. I think the thing is, Frank's going to change quite a few bits if he's going to follow the the model that he sort of had at Derby. Now, I don't know whether that just gets blown up completely because you think, well, this is Chelsea Football Club. We're going to do it a completely different way. But, you know, he was was moving the wingers more inside at Derby. There was lots of, you know, that combination play, which I imagine is something that we will see more at Chelsea again now. You know, through central areas, lots of short passes, lots of passing out. Um, and playing more close to each other. And I think that might be something that he tries to interpret, whether that takes off straight away and whether that is effective against some of the teams that we're going to go on to talk about at some point, like Liverpool and Man City, I don't know. And you, you look at those teams around Chelsea last season and have they all moved on, have they all benefited from the transfer window? So those are big questions to answer. But I, I think they'll be in the top six and I think they will push on next season. Oh, exciting. Um, Phil? Uh, I've got a sense you're going to agree with Lindsay here. I think Chelsea will probably be in that group of teams that just miss out on the top four. So I don't know what exactly what position that'll be, whether it's like sort of five, somewhere between five to seven. But I think they'll be one of those teams that just miss out on the top four. Okay, very good. And Nathan, finally. Frank Lampard's Chelsea. Yeah, what are you going with, Nathan? Marching all the way to fifth. Yeah, blimey. Uh yeah, clean sweep, I think. I think I can't disagree with all, all three of you, can I? Uh, Lindsay, let's come back to you, and that's discuss the merits of Liverpool, the mighty Liverpool, champions of Europe, league losers. <laughs> a fantastic side that you feel would only grow stronger, but some question marks regarding their front three forwards who we were told are likely to be missing at the start of the season. Uh, how significant or true is that, and how long are we talking? Well, nothing has been formally announced by the club yet so as we record this anyway um so so let's skirt around the how long we think i i, I think this might be a bit cloak and dagger and not as bad as well hopefully for liverpool fans as, as what was made out i you look at the first two games so say that they missed the first two games it's norwich at home and southampton away i don't think this is going to even touch liverpool um not when you look at their squad um you've got people like Oxley Chamberlain coming back as well. Excited to watch him again. Um, Naby Keita, I think, has got to go up another level. I think he was slightly disappointing, um, considering what Liverpool fans were expecting. Um, he has shown moments, but I think he needs to maybe be more consistent this time. Um, and I think he will be. I think I think they've got a great squad. And the, the thing with Liverpool, when you look at their transfer window, the sort of business that they've done. There isn't any panic there. There's no there's no massive signings coming in. Um, this is all about the future. And I think this screams that Jurgen Klopp is happy with where this team is. He's happy for this season ahead, that they can go toe-to-toe once more with Manchester City. And he is building for the future. You've got a 16-year-old Winger from Fulham who's been brought in, Harvey Elliott. 
And then you've got a 17 year old centre back, um, perhaps someone to be developed to eventually play alongside Virgil van Dijk, Sepp van der Berg from uh, PEC Zwolle. So that's what they're doing. They're just playing for the future. There's no reaction right now to, to, getting more, you know, back up with forwards. Um, Daniel Sturridge has been released. So I don't think that they can be overly concerned about the front three from that point of view because you'd think that they would be getting in another striker as backup and they haven't. Mm. Well, they've got the Rian Brewster, isn't they? I mean, there's talk about this being his breakthrough season. Is there any truth in that? Well, yeah, Brewster has um, been part of their, their junior and youth setup for quite some time. And I remember when I was working at Liverpool TV for a season, um, his name was being talked about even then. So I think he is, is due to come through into the first team. It's just when you're at a, a club like Liverpool, where competition for places is just so fierce, you have to wait for those opportunities. So if he, off the back of this, manages to get some game time in those first couple of games, um then that could be the making of him. Mm, hopefully. Hopefully he had that bad injury, didn't he? Uh, Phil, coming back to you, uh, when Liverpool are talked about by fantasy managers, uh, they often talk about the centre-back partnership. A lot of clean sheets, of course. Who's it going to be? Uh, well, Van Dijk is, is one of the first names on are the you, team. Are you reckon, so, do you? No, well, no, I'm, <laughs> I'm just clarifying that. that this is why people tune in for sort of breaking news like that. Yeah, well, that, that's why you brought me on. It's for that kind of insight. Uh if he's fit, Gomez is first choice, I would say, alongside Van Dijk. Maybe obviously he wasn't fit for a lot of last season, but the way he started last season suggests that that's the direction they'll go in. Um, I mean, the the other option, obviously Lovren and Matip are the other options, but I think they're not in Gomez's class. Uh, so if he's fit, I, I think Gomez. Mm. Uh, the, you look at the price difference. I mean, this, this is the thing where you've got, to, you've got to think about value for money. If you're looking at it from a fantasy football, like a Premier League fantasy football point of view, um, Van Dijk is a million more than Gomez. Uh, and I'm sure that some of the basis on that is the fact that, you know, Dan Dijk scored an awful lot of points last season and Gomez didn't. However, you know, you've got to factor in that, you know, they'll both get clean sheets regardless of how the two of them play. That price difference is whether you're backing Van Dijk to get more goals than Gomez. Mm, and of course, uh, Gomez uh, got injured last season and missed a big portion of it, didn't he? So, yeah, something to look at. Nathan, uh, stats time. Um, the most obvious stat is, of course, the most clean sheets were by Liverpool last season with 21. Anything else? Mane, most goals from open play last season with 19. Mm. And then you've got um, one that might come through this season is Navigator. Six million, like um, Phil's been saying, one of those players that's in that whole raft of players that's worth a punt at six million, mm. and really it could go either way. But Klopp likes to integrate players into the team a little slower, and this could be the season that he establishes himself. Mm. And Phil, you were saying off air that uh, one of those midfielders has uh, a slightly different role this season, perhaps. Yeah, uh, if. Um... <laughs> It, well, I, I can tell you that, interestingly, Lalana's been playing in some deep midfielder role. He's, he's been kind oh. of experimenting with Lalana in a deep midfielder role. So the one bit of advice I can give you is if you were thinking, oh, Lalana might be one of those ones who does a bit of a Coutinho role for him where he branches midfield and attack, you might want to think twice about that. Mm. God, it feels like he hasn't played for about five years, isn't it? Right, uh, anyway, let's do the Premier League placings. Well, this one is basically, do you think Liverpool win the league or not, isn't it? So, Phil, let's start with you. Do you think Liverpool will win this league? Uh, no, I don't think so. I don't think so. Uh, I think it's going to be the same as that. And I know that's the coward's option. It's like not very bold. But I think 
I think they'll finish second again. Mm, okay, Ned and Taylor, what do you think, mate? Unfortunately, it's as you were, second. Oh, damning again. Is it only me that thinks Liverpool going to win the league? Uh, Lindsay, let's come back to you. Lindsay, Lindsay, uh, are Liverpool going to win the league? I don't think they're going to win the league, no. Um, I think Manchester City are just too strong. And I, I actually don't think that they will break that 90-point barrier again. I mean, what a feat that was to do and to not walk away with a title. But I think they'll be in the high 80s. Um, and I think they will run. I don't think Manchester City will will have as high point tally either. So I think they probably. I think Man City will probably win it with about the ninety one mark. And I think that Liverpool will be a close second in the high eighties. Another damning verdict for the Scousers. Oh well, never mind, eh? Uh, Lindsay, uh, we have to say goodbye to you now. But you will be joining us next time. Believe it or not. For where we'll look wow. at, I know, exciting time. Sleeping bag along. <laughs> uh, yes, you'll be. We'll be talking about Manchester in its all glory, Man United and Man City. So we look forward to that. I'll speak to you then. Cheers, bye. See you, bye. And that's the end of part two. Yes, but don't go anywhere because we have part three coming up. And in part three, we are featuring the best team in London. That's right. It's Crystal Palace. <laughs> Welcome to part three. You are listening to the ultimate fantasy podcast with me, Alfie, and we've got Nathan, and we've got Phil, and we've got you guys, and it's just, just so lovely. Uh, but we do have to get back to the football. It's time for Crystal Palace. Now, I've got a feeling this all depends on Saha. <laughs> this is going to yeah, go. Yeah. Phil, yeah. is it same old, same old, but potentially without Saha? Uh, yes, in some respects, but they're, t- they're so reliant on Zaha mm. for, for their creative... For their spark. penalties. Well, yeah, for their penalties, which which Milovic then scores. Um, but the that Zahar is so crucial to them that I know there's talk wasn't Everton bidding fifty million for him. They mm. they won't sell him for anything. They'll be wanting closer to a hundred million for him because why would you sell the the person who arguably is the reason why you retain your Premier League players because he is that crucial to them. Mm. Hundred million that's what it would cost you to get relegated. So you you wouldn't sell him for less than that. No, or at least try to hold on for more. So yeah, I, I think it, I think Palace is. You know, success and 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 future in the Premier League is probably very reliant on someone like Zaha. And I don't know, like, what is he seven million quid in in yeah. uh, FPL? I mean, that that's a pretty decent price, I think. I put him in probably. our team. I think that is a good price. It, as is as is Miller Vajovic. If you're talking about those two working as a duo, that one of them wins the penalties, the other one scores them. It's brilliant. Uh, at seven million each, that's that's not bad pricing. That. It's such a strange partnership, but it works so brilliantly. Yeah, it is. It is a, I mean, and also what you've got factoring with them is that we're going to see VAR in the Premier League this year. And you, you I mean, look, granted, I, I, I have had some information from the Premier League about how they're going to use VAR this season, and they've got like the kind of own nuanced approach to it, and, which I won't go into necessarily. I mean, you follow it on the uh, BBC Sport website. Uh, <laughs> but they, uh, they, they do. The, 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 there is the chance that earlier in the season 
you could be seeing a potential increase in the amount of penalties that get given while referees get to terms with, you know, what's going on. Or potentially the fact that penalties might have just been missed in the past that VAR will pick up on. So you never know. The Palace might mm. get more penalties. I mean, they were getting pretty much one a week during last season. So they might get like three penalties a week when VAR kicks in. But surely if you were Luka Milivojevic, you'd be doing everything you can to make sure he doesn't move away, old Saha, wouldn't you? Yeah. Yeah, of course you would. Yeah. I mean, it's it's like... It's like sort of uh, they're like the two Ronnies, aren't they? I mean, like <laughs> Ronnie Ronnie Corbett is is nothing without Ronnie Barker being the yeah. genius. Exactly, he's just a short guy in a chair, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Ten penalties scored last season. Uh, he's he see he's Milivojevic. is priced at seven million. Yeah. That is if if Saha goes, you're talking about you got a four point five million pound player. It's <laughs> seven yeah. million, haven't you? Yeah. So much hinging on you, Saha. Okay, uh, oh, Palace, oh, Palace, oh, Palace, oh, Palace. Uh, Nathan, any Palace stats we can get our teeth into? Yeah, Milivojevic, high-scoring Palace player across all fantasy formats, with Zaha coming second, except in fan tracks. Uh, Townsend actually outscored Zaha um, on fan tracks with 380 compared to 363. Mm. Um, depends, really, how Zaha's going to take his quite public rejection from Arsenal being stuck there um 12 clean sheets last season which is only one fewer than spurs mm-hmm. pretty solid patrick van arnholt was the highest scoring defender there by quite a margin quite good for, obviously he's very attacking mm. left back so quite good for assists as well as those clean sheets uh, they've had a very poor pre-season so far although they did beat bristol city 5-0 in their most recent friendly oh, but wow. they've lost the likes of barnet and bromley I mean, that's just a shopping centre in South London, is it? <laughs> they had a team. Right, OK. Uh, Phil, 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 Phil. Uh, I do want to talk about Benteke very quickly. Oh, God, really? Because the... could this be the season he finds oh. his ball? So just as a recap, 2016-17, he got 15 goals and 36 appearances. Not a bad return. Yeah. Next season, he got three goals and 31. Last season, one goal and 16. Yeah. He's up for 30 goals this season, surely. <laughs> it's a, that is a pump. <laughs> uh, who knows? Yeah, maybe suddenly Benteke is going to put all of the the issues that he's had, all of the kind of horrible misses and the confidence crisis that he's clearly going through. He's going to suddenly kick into gear and be that striker that Palace need him to be. I, I haven't seen any signs that that's going to be the case. Um, and uh, even at six million quid uh, on the FPL uh, fantasy game, he, I just don't. I don't think that he's worth. This, I don't think he brings the value that other player, other strikers at six million quid will. I mean, you've got like Glenn Murray's six million. He's got more pedigree and got more, you know, kind of <laughs> goals under his belt. Uh, the new lad that Wolves have just signed for me, AC Milan, Catrone. Now that's a risk, but he's, he's six million quid. Yeah. So both Ings and Che Adams. Uh, Ings. Scored goals last season for Southampton, certainly more than Benteke did. And Che Adams has been scoring in Southampton's pre-season and looking decent. He's a he's a bit of a sort of big big brute of a centre forward who could do a job. Uh, and then you've got Joe Linton at Newcastle, who's six million quid as well. And I'm mm. not saying that that's necessarily great value, but I would probably put all of them ahead of Benteke. Mm. Benteke, the Belgian Andy Carroll. <laughs> yeah, what a shame. Never mind. League position times then. Uh, Phil, 
Uh, yeah. Crystal Palace, difficult one, depending on Saha. Um, I suppose you can give two well, answers for where they're going to finish if you want. Well, no, I mean, I, I think they'll be safe. I don't think they'll go down because I think Roy is smart enough and, and I also think that there are worse teams than them in the division. Uh, so I think they'll probably just survive like, wherever that is. I mean, they'll, they'll be in the battle right up until close to the end, I would think. But they might just might just scrape in and maybe like 16th or 17th or, or somewhere around that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Nathan, Palace? Palace. Uh, I think they're going to struggle this year, but 16th. Yeah, I'm pretty sure most Palace fans will be happy with that. I'll go 15th. Okay, so that's the end of episode two of our season previews. Uh, join us again tomorrow for episode three. We will be featuring uh, both Manchester Club City and United. We'll have the newcomers, Sheffield United and Norwich. And let's not forget Comedy Central's very own Newcastle. Uh, thanks again to Nathan, to Phil, for Lindsay Hooper, who will be joining us again throughout the whole week. And, of course, you guys, the fantasy football chaps, and to anyone who's sending us lots and 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 lots of love and goodwill. Good. We'll see you again tomorrow. In the meantime, take care of yourselves and each other. See you soon. Bye-bye. Let's live.